Welcome into Defeating the Curse, DTC. It's another FP and LP show. Joe, Stevie, and the crew probably asleep right now. This is a late night show. Welcome in. It's it's an exciting week for Commanders fans. We we have an offensive coordinator. We have a new assistant coach, EB, Eric Bianami. Welcome to DC. We are shocked and amazed that you actually said yes to Ron Rivera and decided to come here. Uh, but I think all fans are excited, although a lot of media is criticizing it. It's it's a strange hire, but easily the best coaching decision, staffing decision Ron Rivera has made in his tenure here uh, in, in D.C. LP, you and I have gone back and forth for weeks now if if we would be excited for EB, if we wouldn't be, if we thought he was the right guy, if he's going to be a fluke. We'll, we'll get into all the details and all our thoughts, but what's your initial reaction to to finally having a offensive-minded Super Bowl caliber OC on this team? I was always in the mindset of uh, this was going to be Pat Shermer or Ken Zampezi. And I told you that I was not going to podcast if either of those two were the offensive coordinators. But Ron shocked the world. I mean, no one thought that we would go out and get the best offensive coordinator candidate in the league this year. And there was a lot of talk about why would anyone want to come here? And I always said, sure, there's a lot of uncertainty past year one, but why not get a job where you can get a two or three year contract? And if you right. get laid off, then who cares? Your contract's guaranteed. You're going to get that money. And guess what? If you did a decent enough job, you have the ability to go get go out and get a head coaching job. So it's almost like a win-win situation, right? Sure, there's uncertainty, but like there's always uncertainty in the NFL. It's it's a doesn't matter what win-win. team you're on, what job you take. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a hundred percent win-win in terms of what the commanders are getting and what the enemy is getting. But on top of that. It's win-win for Biennemi because let's say this season doesn't go as many of us hope, right? Let's say we go from seven wins to nine wins. Maybe we don't really take that that vaulted leap that a lot of us are hoping for. If the new owner, if that happens, comes in and says, you know what, clear house, Ron is gone, Biennemi has gone, everyone's gone. Nobody's really going to blame Biennemi for, for being gone after a year under new ownership, right? He's almost... He's almost got a layer of protection. Yeah, he gets a pass. But if he does come in, and this is where kind of that assistant coach title comes into play. If he does come in and this offense takes off, and let's say we're top 10 offensive yards or top five offensive yards, because yards is more important than points or whatever. Let's say we're really clicking. Howell looks amazing. Terry has his best season yet. Let's just say everything clicks. All of a sudden, Biennemi... Is, is going to be the hottest name in football even more for turning this team around. But he's also found himself in a position where I don't think Ron Rivera wants to continue coaching long-term. And I think that assistant coach tag kind of paves the way for Ron a la Bruce Arians to go front office type situation, president, whatever. And then Biennemi gets the full reins of the team as head coach. And I feel for us to really for us as in the commanders to really make that pitch to be enemy to join. I feel like that was something that was probably mentioned where it's like, look, you've had a hard time making the jump to head coach. This is a place where if everything works out, maybe after that two year contract, Ron retires from coaching and it's, it's your show. And then we get that continuity we've always wanted. We get kind of the full experience of what, Biennemi's vision is going to be. And I think, like you're saying, over the Shermer and the Zampezi and all that stuff, this is a fantastic, fantastic move for Biennemi, for the Commanders, for DC. I've never seen under the Snyder era uh, the world, the, the, the fan base so excited for just a positional coordinator hire. I've never seen that. Uh, I think it, it happened when we fired Joe Barry, when we fired Greg Minuski. Like on okay, the defensive me, side, me, it's happened. I'll on the offensive side, we've never been excited excited about a hire. We've been excited about firings, <laughs> never a hire. 
That's not true. this excited. Well, the, the other way I look at it is that Ron is up against, I've got a new owner, and I've essentially got to reprove myself this year, and I have a short window to prove it that if I don't go to the playoffs this year, I'm going to be canned. And so let me go out and get the best OC that I can and just try to do everything that I can to make it happen with a young quarterback. So that's the other piece. We heard in multiple reports that Ron was telling all the offensive coordinator uh, candidates that Sam Howell is going to be the guy. Sam Howell is going to be the guy. We're not Mm going to go out and get a big name in free agency. And so from what I'm hearing is that all of the offensive coordinators are like, yes, we think that Sam can be an NFL quarterback. We think think that we can win with him. So, I mean, it's just a home run hire to me. Like, thank God we didn't get Greg Roman. Thank God we didn't get Sam Peasy. Thank God we didn't get Shermer. Thank God we didn't get Anthony Lynn or any of those other guys. And thank God that two-to-one run to pass is out the window. Like, I don't think that's the enemy's playbook. And that kind of falls into the criticism that some of the people, some of the stupid fans of this fan base that have, have just been drinking the poison well water for so long. And some of the media pundits and all these people, they're saying like, well, clearly the enemy hasn't gotten the head coaching job offer before for a reason. Clearly it's because he had Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Clearly he wasn't the guy calling the plays. He wasn't the guy doing the things that needed to be done to get that head coaching position. But then the argument can be made. Are you excited if, you give play calling to Pat Shermer, to Zampezi, to one of these bums? No, you're not. So even if Biennemi really is first time ever calling plays, guaranteed it's better than all he's, the other bums if they were He's calling. been watching Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes for five exactly. years doing it. Like, exactly. Come on. Like, you got to know something at that point. I, I don't He's firsthand the... on one of the most prolific offenses the NFL has seen over the last five years. Yeah, the not getting a head coaching job and interviewing 17 times is, sure, a red flag. But who cares? Like, we're not giving him a head coaching job. We're giving him an offense coordinator job, an assistant head coach job, and a play caller job. And that's what he excels at. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. He was in on that game plan. How many times did you see Kansas City receivers running open, wide open, and and Pat Mahomes throwing the ball? Who's who who cares? Like Pat Mahomes is a great quarterback, but a lot of those throws were to open receivers like yeah, a, any QB any, can make a pass to Travis Kelsey with a 20 yard cushion. Exactly. And, exactly. It, and it's that's scheme. all about scheme. Yeah. Scheme and, and plays. Right. Scott Turner. We never saw that. We never right. saw. That. Right. And, it, and and even Scott, even if you look at the other side of the football in the Super Bowl, right, the Eagles, almost all of their catches were contested catches. Like it was not a, uh, you know, the running back is Sky Moore is going to go across yeah, the line. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't anyone sticking that. through a seam. Yeah. I mean, the thing you also have to key in on is right after the Super Bowl victory, one of the first words out of Andy Reid's mouth was praise to be enemy, praise to his halftime adjustment, praise to his play calling. And a lot of people, conspiracy tinfoil, like, oh, he's just saying that to help him get hired, blah, blah, blah. That's not how competitors and athletes and and winning people act they're not out there to just give praise to help somebody like in that moment in that the five minutes of winning the super bowl you're not thinking oh let me help out my boy you're like no i'm just gonna word vomit what happened and what got us here and and you have to believe that it was the enemy who did that and then so there's a a john kime podcast i don't know if you're listening to it but he basically is talking to his ESPN equivalent, I forgot the guy's name, of Kansas City. And the guy was saying, like, Biennemi is obsessive about practice and routine and preparation and attention to detail. And all these little tidbits and all these little minute details to make the offense click. And you almost you almost take that and you, you think of like a McVeigh where he just kind of has like this rain man mindset of everything that's happening offensively. And you look at it and you're like, okay, one of the things that you can blame Scott Turner on, he was definitely a scapegoat. He got fired because he didn't have good QB and injuries and this and that. But the offense had this 
brokenness to it under Scott Turner, where we couldn't well, carry through themes throughout the season. Where people are saying, Bianami, well, we had red zone troubles. We right. passed when we should have ran. We ran when right. we should have passed. Well, we're, we're talking more like outside of the first 15 scripted. Scott Turner was confused. Everyone will tell, will tell you that. What people are giving praise to be enemy for is his attention to detail. He can set up a package for a week two game, see how it works, and then he'll recall that for the second half, or he'll recall that week five and six against a similar defense or opponent, or he'll recall something that he saw week one all the way in week 12. Like there's, there's kind of like ebbs and flows and continuity to how the enemy sees his offense and what he's going to install and how he's going to game plan from within the actual game and from week to week. And I think that's something that Scott Turner never ever was able to really do. And even if Andy Reid was the play caller, you would have to assume that sitting in the room and game planning, Andy Reid is 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 bouncing ideas back and forth with the enemy. So there's there's a skill that he has that I don't think Scott Turner has ever been able to to, to capture. He's also got a pedigree of winning. Like he's got two Super Bowls. Yeah. He did this second one without Tyreek Hill. Like right. If you look at their their skill players, like Sky Moore, Juju Smith Schuster, who completely fell off a cliff. Like they did this with with players who are just who are not Tyree Kill yeah, who are not. You can easily say we have a better arsenal of weapons than Kansas City had outside of when he had Tyreek and outside of, of of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a home run hire. There's there's no way about it. Like, I don't think anyone in DC is upset about it. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the options. There's no way to say that this was a, a bad hire. So I am super excited about the hire. Um, I think there's still a lot of work, obviously, to be done in the offseason. Uh, hopefully the uh, owner, uh, what's it called? The uh, the bids are due, I think, at the mm-hmm. end of this month or at the beginning of March. Right. And all signs pointing to, I mean, I heard another report today. He's selling. He's selling. Yeah. He's selling. Like. Well, the report is that he's selling, and the other report is everyone is still convinced from Goodell to other owners that it's still going to be Bezos, but he just doesn't want to be in the bidding war side of it. He just wants to swoop in, up the offer that's on the table, and take it. I I think that's bullshit. I I don't think um, that happens. I think it's going to be another guy, maybe Josh Harris, maybe some of the other people. Um, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near the seven billion that Snyder wants. I think it'll be in the six range, maybe six and a half. The good um, thing is, but I think from, at this point, from, like Snyder doesn't like. I mean, if you have six billion dollars, six and a half billion dollars, and Dan Snyder's still a businessman, like he's still going to go to England, he's still going to do something else, and probably make another a couple billion dollars. Like he's fine, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think that's something to stop him. Now, what I did hear that is a little bit concerning is that he wants to keep a small, itty-bitty piece of the franchise in his family's legacy. I don't think I don't, I don't think that the other really owners happen. let that happen. I don't, I don't think that happens. I don't think any of the bids come in to, as we'll do 90% in what yeah, you have done. No I, One I of think the things to connect. A clean, a clean cutoff, you know, and the, the black cloud over Ashburn yes, and over I, FedEx. Absolutely. Let me go and get a new stadium at RFK. At the RFK God, site. I would love that. I would love. If, it's going to happen. A new, a new owner. It's 100%. It's going to be in D.C. It's going to be in the RFK. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't see how they, they, they get away from that. Like I think Virginia Virginia is going to lobby hard at, at bringing it to Virginia. There's just no space near D.C. There's literally yeah, no I mean, space. If it's, if it's not RFK, it'll be. Uh, hopefully, it's just nowhere near FedEx Field. <laughs> like. I mean, I don't care where as, put as it, horrible as FedEx Field is, FedEx Field is significantly closer to D.C. than even like Landmark Mall. Like, that, that, yeah, you know, sure. obviously, I think they rebuilt something there. But like that was probably our best Virginia spot. Right. Like Landmark. There's nothing in Arlington. Uh, there's nothing in Falls Church. Like Landmark would have been our, our best spot. And it's that's way further than D.C. than than Landover. Well, let's let's go back. So connecting the ownership sale to the B enemy hire, 
The enemy is a respected offensive mind in football, right? And you would assume that any owner comes in and they see that we have the enemy, they'll be happy with that. And Ron Rivera, as much as we clown on him and some of the stupid things he's done and not knowing that we can make the playoffs, this and that, whatever, still a highly respected football name, a coaching name. So if A highly owner, respected leader of men, right? Yes. And that's what you want owner, as your head coach. If you're an owner and you're coming in and you're looking at this team, right? Okay, yes, you need to pay for a stadium. But you're seeing respected head coach, uh, respected offensive coordinator, high prospect, first uh, uh, fifth-round pick quarterback. Then you have stud defense with a coordinator that has proven that the defense can be highly efficient. Right. From a from a player, from an owner to player view, there's really nothing to 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 hate about this team. It, it, it's almost like the team now is ready and an owner can just come in and, and, and reap the rewards almost like he doesn't have to clean house. He doesn't have to put his stamp on the team. Not right away, at least. And I think that's that's a positive when it comes to the sale. And, and you're coming into a market that is primed and that is starving for yes. a decent franchise. Yeah. You do. You probably don't even need to do anything. You just put your name on this franchise, and you're going to fill up that stadium a little bit more. You're going to get a lot more merchandise sales. Like oh, you've already I, disconnected I fully, from the from the name. FedEx Field to be sold out, and the the best crowd we've seen in 20 plus years. If week one it's a new owner. And you have a BNME-led offense coming on that field. I don't think Fed like this fan base, especially if Howell looks good record. in camp and in, in preseason. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Even and if not, right? Like one even more if, wrinkle. Yeah. BNME has already coached a rookie QB in Mahomes. He is used to taking a raw QB and making him QB ready. Obviously, it's probably an easier path with Mahomes. Howell was highly regarded before he got drafted. If he had drafted a year before, prior, he's a first-round pick. So it's not like we're – He could have been the number out, one the number one pick that yeah. year. It's not like we're throwing out a QB1 that's uh, like a shot in the dark. Nobody really has any faith in him. No, this is a guy that draft order be what draft order is. He could really well be a stud. Like nobody knows. And – and you want somebody like Biennemi to, to pull out the good and really give him a shot to excel. Easy to understand play concepts, player friendly. Biennemi is a hard a ass. A guy who people. can run and pass. Yeah. A guy but who's the people not that complain fragile. that Biennemi is a hard mess, those are low character guys. Well, guess what? Ron Rivera's done a damn good job of getting rid of the low character people on this roster. So go ahead, Biennemi. Be a hard ass to the players. The ones that are there, they'll be receptive to it. I mean, really, this hire kind of throws everything in motion that Ron has been preaching. The issue is it just took Ron three failed seasons to get there, right? But right yeah, now, Ron is a little bit like story. he's a little bit like Ted Leonsis. He's loyal to a fault, right? Yep. He stuck with Scott Turner way too long. Um, Carson Wentz, right? Like. That was Ron's loyalty. Like, I'm paying you 18 million. Let me see what you can do in the Cleveland game. Maybe yeah. if he had the enemy in his ear, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, you, you overall, home so. run higher. I read an article today on uh, Rigo's Rag, and it said five games that the commanders would have won if Eric Bianami was offensive coordinator <laughs> last year. And it ranked them, and, and I and I uh, went through, and it said the Cowboys game, the first Cowboys game with Cooper Rush, that. Mm-hmm. the Titans game where we had two first downs under a minute inside, what, the five or something like that? Yep. And we couldn't punch it in. The Vikings game where we were up, was it 10 or 17 with yeah. like five we, minutes we left? shot ourselves in the foot. Shot ourselves in the foot with the turnover, not running the ball. Mm-hmm. And then the two uh, Giants games. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I mean, you take, yeah, that that's insane. You take last season's record, add four and, and a half five, more games, because yeah. one of the Cowboys games was a tie. Yeah, add yeah, four and a half more games to that. Yeah, but I that's mean, the thing about Bienemy is like his his 
attention to detail, but also his apparently his desire or his like the repetition that he drills into the team to prepare for any situation, any situation. It could be fourth and 20 under two minutes game winning drive, or it could be second and short red zone tie it up like whatever situation, whatever situational football scenario is out there. Apparently, Biennemi kills himself and then kills the team to be fully prepared for that. And if you watch any Chiefs game over the last five seasons, did they ever, ever look unprepared for whatever situation they were thrown into? Not yeah. at all. They're, they're not penalized. Andy Reed, but a lot of it is probably also Biennemi, and they just didn't play bad situational football. Yeah, but we look and at Andy Reid, but who is from the Andy Reid tree? Ron Rivera, who right. coaches like I bet you their styles of practice and their styles of preparing for a game is probably very similar. Like, yeah, I could see that Ron learned from Andy. So I think it's a it's a great match. And I think this was probably a done sealed deal way before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Something that we found out. I mean, obviously, we already knew this, but this was really entrenched um, this offseason. It's all about your circles, right? Yes. It's all about who, you know where you've coached with them, what you're like, I can imagine group chats between like all of Andy Reid's former coaches and they all talk and they're all buddy, buddy, and they all know the NFL and they all like know what their next moves are going to be. And they all like each other. Um, I, I mean, I, I think this was done way before uh, the end of the Bowl. So there, there's probably a reason why Eric didn't go interview with other teams. I'm sure there was other teams interested. Um, at least then, you know, if he, if he put himself out there, I'm looking for uh, OC slash assistant head coach job. There would be there would be people calling. Well, you also 100%. have to realize there wasn't that many teams out there that had a defensive minded head coach. Right. So really, this is one of the prime places where the enemy could come in with proven offensive weapons in Terry and Dotson and Curtis and, and B-Rob and all those guys. But also know that he is the end-all, be-all of offensive decisions. Of course, he'll consult with Ron. Ron will have input, this and that. But Ron, for the most part, loyal to a fault, it's the enemy's show. And I guarantee you, Ron is like, look, I'm not an offensive guy. You do what you want. You tell us who you need. You tell us who should be where. It's your show. And I think that really goes a long way for the enemy. I'd be interested to see what uh, some of the fine details of the co- the contract are. I heard something about a buyout. There was a buyout in the contract. I don't know if that's a commander's buyout or a enemy buyout. Um, but also, I'd be interested to see, does enemy have input into the final 53? Does he have right. input into free agents? Does he have input into the draft? And I bet you he does. I, I bet you he has I'm some of it. I'm sure he does. Yeah, there, there's no way that they're not going to get him what he says he needs. If he said, if he comes out and he's like, look, I evaluated the tight ends on the on the 53. Some of them are good for blocking, but we need to get a, a better pass catcher. We need to get that more threat of a tight end guy to make the rest of my schemes work. Okay, we'll go chase somebody. We'll we'll do what needs to happen. We'll maybe instead of that free agent signing of a QB that Ron said we're not going to do. Maybe then you go get a, a, a Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys or you get the uh, the dude Gusecki from Miami or whatever. Some of these tight ends that are on the free agent market, maybe you go make a move that way. And that could work out very nice for us because, I mean, since what Vernon Davis, we haven't really had a, a consistently good tight end option. Yeah, I think Cole Turner could take that step up. Um, possibly. possibly. And then Logan, obviously uh, a year plus a year and a half removed from the ACL. I think Uh, he becomes, I I think, uh, well, Logan was one of the only players who was outspoken about Scott Turner's offense. Uh, I don't, I I think he probably takes, I mean, it's, it's him, right? Yeah. His wife doesn't know much about football. I'm sure. Um, I mean, overall, not not that I'm saying that she doesn't, I'm just saying he's probably in her ear. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's a home run. I'd be interested to also see uh, to how see... fills out the offensive staff, right? Like who comes over yeah. from Kansas City? Um, 
you know, what guys sprinkled throughout the league that he lost somewhere else. And now he can bring him back with a, like maybe a, a small bump in position. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. But also, I'm I'm really curious to hear what Bienemy says on Thursday at his presser to see if he kind of gives us any tidbits of why he said yes, why he chose the Commanders, what he expects to see, how he wants to use uh, probably one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league. If we're, if we're honest, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see what what kind of sneak peek he gives us in his presser on Thursday. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot about uh, Ron building a culture and a team that he wants to be a part of. Yeah. And then also um, Martin Lord Mayhew Lord, blah, blah, blah. being in the being a GM. Uh, um, <clears throat> so President Jason Wright. Like, I think top to bottom, it's probably a, a good front office staff right now that Snyder's going to be gone. Like, there's probably no reason why someone wouldn't want to work for this organization. Very true. And also, if you look at okay, so a lot of people speculate about the enemy not getting head coach it's because he's black and because black coaches never get a shot, blah, 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 blah. But if you look at this franchise, top down, outside of Snyder. It's a very <laughs> diverse group. It's a very it diverse, a very group. diverse that's, group. That's the wording I was looking for. But if you're the enemy and if maybe you did feel snubbed, for whatever reason, and you look at this team and you're like, all right, well, if there is ever an opportunity for me to go head coach, it's going to be the diverse group here that might say, okay, to, to bumping me up if Ron leaves. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's pivot to some of the other quarterbacks in the NFL who may be on the move this offseason. Off Daniel Jones, I just read today, he wants to be paid Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, Giants, do this. The tag for him would be $33 million. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is at $45 million. The Giants are really in a pickle here because they got to pay Saquon and Daniel Jones, and they want to keep both of them. You can only tag one, and you got to sign the other one to a long-term deal. Which one would you sign, and which one would you tag? You, you can't. You can't say no to a quarterback that has played full seasons and recently a playoff caliber team. You can't say no to that QB because, as we know, QBX, that that guy is so hard to find, so hard to find. And the Giants, if they lose Daniel Jones, as much as we clown on him, who knows what they get to replace him with? Who knows what that does to the team, right? Like they quote unquote, they, have a but you don't know. Window. Brian Dable may be looking across the pond to uh, Baltimore and said, "Hey, they lost Lamar Jackson for half the season. Tyler Huntley came in, probably played just as as fine as Lamar. Like he what he's a Pro Bowler. Pond, what pond is there between New York and Baltimore? <laughs> the, uh, the Baltimore Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, the but yeah. Cross, the the uh, the ocean and then back I-94. in. The I-95 pond. <laughs> but I'm yeah, sure no, pond. I, I mean, Wait, but like, still, I guess that's my such point a is high like, risk move. And I, but, look, but I there's also there's also players like Derek amazing. Carr, who's yes. out there. Like, how, can you can you honestly say Daniel Jones is a better player than Derek Carr? No, I can't. No, but I can say that you already have a QB one who has proven somehow, some way, he can get. Over 500 wins on a really good season, and with, you've just with enough. No offensive help. With no like, offensive no weapons, help. other than right. Saquon, nothing. And as much as I love Saquon, RB ones, not that important. Not that important. You lose Saquon, but you draft another high round RB one. Okay. But in the salary cap game, right, an RB one is like at 10 million. Like it's not much, right, on a 233 million dollar cap. You can tag a uh, a Saquon. Uh, it's probably ten to thirteen million, right? Like that's not a dent, a huge dent in your salary cap. Not at all. So I you mean, can tag him thing. and not really. Flinch. You shouldn't. You shouldn't extend Saquon to a long-term contract and put yourself in the boat of the Cowboys with Zeke. It it just doesn't make sense in today's NFL 
to tether yourself to a long-term contract for a running back. What's a long-term contract for Saquon? Ten, uh, three years, $33 million? If he says yes to that, I mean, that might be a steal, but it's it's just the value goes to QB overall. So who, so who would you tag? You tag Saquon, you, you lock up DJ. And as a commander's fan, you absolutely want them to lock up, lock up DJ. I don't know. I, DJ, I mean, Kirk Cousins broke the NFL uh, at the quarterback position. <laughs> he may do the I Kirk mean, thing, like, I'm not signing a long-term deal unless <laughs> you give me $45 million. And if you don't, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tag, I'll bet on myself at $33 million. I mean, it's just like paying an NFL quarterback is just so expensive against the cap. Yeah, and honestly, like, I, I really hope they cripple themselves – because of Daniel Jones. I would love to see that happen. Right. And then on top of that, like not like the Eagles are going to eventually have to cripple themselves for Jalen Hurts. And if we can, you talk about cripple, but look at who won the Super Bowl. Forty five million dollar Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Yeah, but that could 100 percent be because of the enemy and Andy Reid. Maybe maybe Mahomes falls off a cliff next season because he doesn't have the enemy. Probably no, won't he, happen. No, he had Matt Nagy as a OC there, and he's uh, likely going to get promoted again back yeah. to being OC. I don't see them uh, falling off a cliff. But my point is, like, yes, if your quarterback is top five in the league, absolutely, you can, you can cripple your franchise and still win. I think yes. if your quarterback is in, like, the middle of the league, like the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr's of the world, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, that will cripple your t- your team. Yeah, I agree with that fully. You think uh, Russell Wilson makes a comeback with uh, Sean Payton? Um, I sh- I could see that going sideways real fast. I think Russell Wilson has a lot more issues than than coaching, and I think. Pete Carroll did a really, really, really good job of masking those issues. And Sean Payton may very well be able to do the same. I just I just have zero faith in Russell Wilson. Zero. What about Aaron Rodgers? Do you think he leaves Green Bay? Is he is he out of his uh blackout retreat thing? Did he ever even take it? Did he just say that and then not do it? <laughs> no, I'm sure he did and probably smoked a whole lot of weed. <laughs> Honestly, Aaron Rodgers is very intriguing to me. There's no way he doesn't go to the Raiders, right? You think so? What other team? The Niners aren't going to take him. And if they do, I think think there's enough bad blood between Aaron and that franchise for him to to snub them. I guess maybe the Jets is is the number one option for Aaron Rodgers because they're putting all their chips in on, on getting him. I think 25 of the 32 teams or whatever probably say they don't want Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rodgers were to come calling, all 32 out of 32 teams would probably answer the phone. Could you see Tampa Bay replacing Tom Brady with Aaron Rodgers? If you're Aaron Rodgers, there's some good weapons there. Yeah, who was the who was their backup? I thought they had somebody. Uh, it's not Matt Barkley still. But yeah, yeah, that's intriguing. I I could see Tampa. Um, I could also see him going back. I could see to Aaron Bay. saying no. I could see Aaron saying no to the Jets just because he doesn't want to be painted with the same brushstroke as Brett Favre going from Packers to Jets. I could see that, but it looks like the Jets are the front runners for Derek Carr. He at least visited them today, so I think they might go that way. Um, which leaves another interesting gap with Zach Wilson. I was high on the kid. I just think. You know, whatever. I think Zach he, Wilson to replace Heineke. That's QB two. I just think I I think that's too sketchy, too dangerous grounds to play with with Howell. You bring in Heineke as your QB two, he's a like that's his ceiling, right? Everyone knows he's a QB two. He knows he's a QB two. He's not going to try to replace QB one, uh, but if he were to Zach come into Wilson a game, he could come plan. in and, and try to shake things up and. And be and is also a little bit of a mature, right? Like, I think we can all agree to that. Some of the things that he did. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, he might not York. even be a Ron type of guy. So the, he's probably not. Yeah. yeah, he's probably not. 
I, I mean, it's it's there's going to be definitely not a shakeup like we saw last season, but there's going to be interesting moves. Apparently, the Patriots have flirted the idea of trading Mac Jones. <clears throat> I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that if Mac Jones said yes to to come in here and having a true open competition between him and Sam Howell. Wouldn't be opposed to that either. I mean, Bailey Zappi played just as well as Mac Jones last year. So I could see the the Patriots really shopping him around. But I yeah, wouldn't but give up I wouldn't had, give up any picks Matt for him. Patricia is their coordinator. Like uh, it's a fake only offense. only on first and second down on on third and fourth it was <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> this is just so dumb. Thing. That's just so dumb. Yeah, it was it's a little bit of I'm surprised that uh Belichick would do such a thing. It to me it reminds me of the everybody gets a trophy kind of thing. Like, oh, I don't want to piss either of these two guys off. You do but runs I mean, and you do passes. That's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same problem that Ron had is I don't care about the offense. You just take it over, right? So I wouldn't be opposed to Mac Jones. I wouldn't want to give up more than like a fifth. The other big rumor, and this is one that I really don't want to happen, is we trade our first round pick to the Bears no. for Fields. I do not. Do Fields not is not a first. Like, why, why would Fields net you a first round pick? I don't think he's a good quarterback. He's dynamic, and he is a truly elite mobile quarterback. But his passing game is just too off to me. But also, what did they have in Chicago? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. Derek Mooney or whatever his name is. Exactly. You're going to tell me that Justin Fields won't look better passing if he has Terry? I mean, in a five-minute conversation, you could probably convince me that Justin Fields (laughs) is the next Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I mean, it's possible if you give him <laughs> the enemy in our weapons. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't want him. I don't want I don't him want because him. I want to keep I, the first-round pick, and I want it to go to an offensive lineman. And I, I want our second-round pick to go to an offensive lineman. And I want our third-round pick to go to an offensive lineman. And then we can look at linebackers and cornerbacks and, and everything else. Just shore up the damn O-line. Yeah, amen you to that. You could put anybody back there if you have a stout O-line. If if Sam Howell goes from having 1.2 seconds before a sack to suddenly three and a half, four seconds, he can go from Patrick Ramsey to Patrick Mahomes. It's that possible if you shore up the O-line. That's a good analogy. I, I, I 100% agree with to that. Uh, I want them to shore up that offensive line in free agency and in the draft just to be sure that you've got depth. And you've got starter, real starters there. Um, but that's why, like, I, I don't care what you can get for the first but I, pick in free agency or trades. Give me stud O-linemen. I'd replace four, all four of the five O-linemen. I'd keep Leno and replace everybody else. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Cornelius Lucas is a great swing tackle. I don't want him to start. Sam Cosby. I'm okay with all our current starters becoming our depth. <laughs> I'm not okay with Trey Turner or Wes Schweitzer or uh, Norwell being back. All three of yeah. them got to go. Schweitzer, okay. I mean, if you want to keep him on the back end of the, the roster because he can play uh, center a little bit, yeah, it's fine. But I don't want Rui back. He's always injured. I don't want Tyler Larson back. He's always injured. Like, how many teams went through four centers in a season this year? Probably just us. Yeah. Agreed. That's got to be the offseason priority. So, new, new line. back to QBs, what happens if Jimmy G becomes available? Do you take a shot? No. Because I don't think so. Goes, goes with the Zach Wilson conversation if he's going to think QB1. I think for a few reasons. I think uh, at least between now and a new owner, mm-hmm. I don't think Snyder's going to sign off on any big paydays. Um, and then I think by the time a new owner is here, a lot of those uh, big free agent names are probably off the board. And then yeah. two, I think you get to just ride Howell, right? Like you ride Howell and then you get some depth, whether it's Heineke, you know, whether it's, I don't know, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, maybe even like a Baker Mayfield, um, someone who's got some reps as a starter who could come in and win a game or two if you needed. 
but you gotta you gotta hand the keys over to Howell and just hope that he can take that step forward. I, I truly now, the, think the only has, think the only exception to that is if you fall in love with someone in the draft. If you fall in love with someone in the draft, like a, a Hendon Hooker, I think he's got an ACL, right? Like I don't think he's gonna play this <clears> year, but like I don't know. Fall in love like round two, three. We're not getting a first round QB. Yeah, even a first round. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was 17. Like, they're there. Um, if Eric Bieniemy is like, this is the guy I'm going to, you know, stand on the table for, but then fine. Um, and you just have an open competition with Howell. But I'm I'm not yeah. for bringing somebody in who's a free agent um, <clears throat> as QB1. So, like, if you're bringing someone in as a free agent, they're – depth i can like tell you this if snyder was not selling we would be backing up a brinks truck right now to lamar jackson that's just such a snyder decision see i don't want lamar jackson i don't either i'm just saying if snyder wasn't selling that would be what we're talking about right now yeah and uh i just saw that the the ravens are planning on tagging him but a tag and trade is in play interesting I think he gets traded. I, now that I think about it, I think Jimmy G might actually go to Vegas and reunite with Josh McDaniels. I could see that. But then what do you do if you're the Niners? I mean, they screwed themselves for how much they spent on Trey Lance. Do you just have open QB competition between Trey Lance and, and Purdy? That sounds like you, a lose-lose. I bet you Purdy would win. <laughs> Probably. For as much as we praise Kyle Shanahan, that was one of the dumbest decisions ever. Like, Trey Lance, really? I hope Tony listens to this show so he can get mad at North, us. North Dakota State University. Yeah, that's proven Him so and great. Wentz. <laughs> proven to be so great. Does Wentz get a starting job this offseason? I think Does Wentz he? is out of the league. I think he's I out think of the he, league. I think he wants to be out of the league. I don't think he wants to play. I heard uh, the XFL. I heard that the the day after his uh, the season ended, he listed his home for sale or for rent. You mean, something you mean like Jay that. <laughs> Both of them. He apparently had a townhouse and then he had uh, Jay Gruden's home. That's weird. Well, wasn't he renting Jay Gruden's home? Was that I think it? So. Mm-hmm. I forget the exact details of the story, but uh, yeah, he moved back out to uh, Indianapolis already. I don't know why you'd pick there. Yeah, I guess I if know. you're from North Dakota, Indianapolis is better than Virginia. Maybe they have really good hunting in churches. I, don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, look, from there's not much to be excited about in D.C. outside of the enemy hire. The Caps are struggling hard. Ovechkin's dealing with family stuff. The Nationals are hot garbage. Nobody even wants to buy the team. Uh, I I mean, I guess the Wizards are kind of sort of on a heater. I mean, they're still in the 10th place. Like, I I mean, heater heater for them is playing game. It's always that for them, right? And it's it's always just enough. I did I did I did have my hopes up that we would bring Russ back. Um, It'll be interesting. No, but now that Russ is gone. Now that Russ is gone, uh, there's an opportunity to bring John back. I'd I would love, love that. to bring Wall back. Even if we don't even make it to a play-in game, I feel like the fan base would come running back to cap one. I feel like John, John, John would come back, too. I feel like he would forget the past and say, all right, fine, I'll, I'll come back. I don't feel yeah. like Ted and Tommy uh, would want him back. It's, signs, it's insane, baby. right? Like gang signs. Put up three fingers, and <laughs> and that gets you ousted from the league. But like all the other crap that goes on, is fine. I mean, the NBA really has. Like, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't do anything. Like he, <laughs> he wasn't arrested. Like he's not. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's in a gang or not. But he didn't commit a crime. No, but you know. 
for whatever reason. Like, why is that the? You know, like you know what I mean. The why is that factor? The, yeah. And it, it seems like it's been. It, it seems like it's kind of league wide. Like it, it's not a. It's not a Washington thing. Like Houston gave up on him twice. L.A. gave up on him. No one wanted to sign him. Like except I mean, the Clippers, he's, right? He's not who he was before the injury. But he's not. His game awful. did decline. He's not awful, but yeah, well, we don't know that. Decline. Well, we don't know that because he he also played on a team with other superstars. Like, and I guess he got injured um, when he got traded. But you can't expect him to do the same things when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd I love the guy. I, I want I'd, him back. And I think the whole city loves him. Yeah. I mean, he, he connected with the city. I mean, yeah, he man. was – he was him and Ovi were the guys in D.C. because the commanders were doing nothing. Juan Soto hadn't elevated himself yet for the Nationals when he was here. I mean, Bryce – It was Bryce. Bryce. Was here, but, I mean, people were kind of over Bryce at that, at that time, like that 2017 – Stellar season. I think the, the the tide was turning on Bryce already. It was him. It was RG3. It was Strasburg. It was Bryce. RG3. No, we're talking 2017. RG3 didn't exist. No, uh, John Wall was drafted in 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah, drafted, yes. But I was saying towards the end. Oh, towards the end. This time here. Yeah, like I'm he, talking about towards the end, talking like about after young, all that time he connected. I'm talking about young DC athletes at that time. Like, we were riding high at that time. Like, we had yeah. made the playoffs in the NFL. Um, we had a young John Wall, number one, if, Bradley Beal, number had... two, the next year, Otto Porter, number three, the next year. That's true. That's true. If we, like, we just were had competent, high, that was a good time for DC sports. Competent owners, general managers, and coaches from 2012 on, we would be the city of champions for all the sports. I mean, we Every won team twice. Is we won twice, right? That's two more times in our entire lifespan, and we're almost <laughs> 40 years old. But we we were we were definitely trending in the right direction those years, and then we just on all four teams, all four sports, self-destructed. Maybe think, not so the Caps. They didn't really self-destruct. They're self-destructing now because we refuse to play younger guys, and and we're kind of sticking to the the old group, and it's not working, but. Uh, I mean, DC needs. Yeah, but but Ovi's gonna get the 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 record, right? Hopefully. He's gonna get it. I mean, he's got a few years left in him, I think. Like, but you have to surround him with young guns and other weapons for him to really have a shot at it. Because the rate we're going now, he's not gonna get it. He'll get really close, but he's not gonna get it unless you completely rebuild this team. He's got what, like, it's like 80 left. Uh, no. Something like that. It's under 100. Yeah, I don't think it was 80. But, I mean, he's he's crazy. How many goals does he get a year? 50? 40s? Good, amazing season. I think he's at 50. Average is like 35 to 40. He could get in three years. He's like 37. Yeah, he's old, man. He's gray. But, I mean, regardless, if you just paid attention this weekend to Audi Field and the XFL. <laughs> this, they had 12,000 fans, man. This they just city, had 12,000. It doesn't they matter. Were, they were 12,000 drunk, energetic this city, people, but they were DC only 12,000. DC proper, the actual DC, is dying, dying for football to be back in that city. Yeah. But those were not those are not like the HT the hashtag HTTC crowd. That's that's not the diehard football fans. No, those, those are the those fans. are the twenty year old like, hey, let's go yes. to this event, let's yes. you know, have some drinks, but you, let's that's party. The, that's the rest of the country, dude. The rest of the country looks at the football team. You have the diehards, but are you telling me everybody that fills Arrowhead are are crazy people like us that are diehards? A yes. lot of them are. Arrowhead, but yes. I think but I think a lot of the other fans – all right, let's put it to Seattle, okay? They just love going to see to, to Seahawks. Yes, Seattle, yes. And, yeah. and being that 12th man and being rowdy and being uh, whatever. 
I think Eagles middle fans, middle of the crazy, country, like, Kansas City. Um, know, where else is the middle of the country? Denver, Indianapolis. Uh, Denver's an exception because there's a lot of young people there. But what I'm Cleveland, saying is that, that like there those is are the a, diehards. A pocket of Cincinnati. young people in DC. A pocket of young people in DC that would love to just root for a football team and go to a football game because going to football games is fun. It is the funnest of the four sports. You want they're they're just beer snake, dude. They're just dying for a drunken four hour football event that isn't filled with poo poo sewage water and stale pretzels and shitty parking and inability to make beer and eight dollars shitty beer. Like they just want anything. To, to, to grab and, and, and enjoy. And the XFL is giving that to them right now. And I guarantee you, based off the tweets and the Barstool DMV and all these like videos of the beer sink and stuff, game two for the defenders is going to be even crazier because everyone's going to be like, oh shit, I thought, well, that, maybe I not thought security broke the, the beer sink and so they can't do that anymore. I'm pretty sure they're going to happen. Allow it. They'll allow it. Or there's I mean, going to be like five beer snakes now. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at, like, seriously, DC United games, they're like that, too. They're hardcore fans, but and it's a, it's probably a, <laughs> what'd you say? I refuse to believe MLS games are late. <laughs> Take a look. Take I, a look. I refuse to believe it. Season's right around the corner. It's it's a fun atmosphere, dude. You should, I'm losing you interest should in our own podcast as soon as we went to MLS. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. As a single guy who lives in the DC area... You should go. It's fun. Audi Field is a fantastic <laughs> field unless it's sunset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, the, the city is sense. just waiting, waiting for something good to happen in any of any of our teams. I mean, it's true, right? Like, how many people did you know that had season tickets like ten years ago who probably knew very little to almost nothing about football? So many of them. So, I had so many friends who were like, yeah, we, I have season tickets and I go, we, we tailgate, we had so much fun, we drink, and then we watch a football game. But they didn't really care about the football game. But you're right. Like, the city is starving for a good... It's that vibe. Like, we're... D.C. is a good events city. Yeah. Like, events, concerts, st- like, those things, like, we thrive at those things. So, you're right. I mean, granted... The commanders aren't going to get it unless a rebrand comes with the new ownership because I don't know what the hell you can chant. You can't do the tomahawk chant. Oh, they will. You can't do any they will. Of that crap. They'll figure it out. People are creative when it comes to drinking. Like the <laughs> beer snake. Like who the hell thought of doing a beer snake? And I mean, come on. I love those big Georgetown just, Georgetown college boys. Just figure shit out. Yeah, I I'm mean, done. it's <laughs> we're starving I'm for that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm starving for. Would you go to an XFL game? Yeah. Yeah. Would you go to a Commanders game uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> in DC? Yes. FedEx. I will go. Like, I'll put it on record right now. If the enemy turns this offense around, and we start the season. Over five wins before week nine. <laughs> That's average. That's like not even average. It's not average for us. That's five and four. We were probably five. We were six and four, weren't we? We were this year. No. Yeah. No. We were never two games over 500. Yeah, we were. Are you sure that before? But I think before the we were one and four, and then we be- started winning before the two eagle before the two Giants games. All right, let's change it. As long as we <laughs> rank in the top fifteen of offense, I'll go. Just get me top fifteen of offense. That's it. I, I want gonna, to go. I, I want to go to a be game and to watch games. touchdowns. I That's think you're going to be going to some games this year, then. You think we get over top fifteen in in offense? We've never been over top 20 since 2017. 2017, I think we were, we were 20. 
We've never been first? over. Yeah, we've never been over twenty. I think since even even longer than that. Even Kirk years, we weren't over twenty. I I believe so. Wow. I think we get it this year. I would love it. I would. I mean, love and there's it. a big question mark on that quarterback, but I mean, there's 32 teams. You're not better than 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about if the NFL and the XFL went Premier League style, where the shittiest NFL team drops out and the best XFL team moves up. Guaranteed, if that ever happened, we would drop out first year. That's what I said. I said, do you really <laughs> want to give up a year? <laughs> I would love for that to happen, though. But then even if you did give up a year, who, who knows who can prove that you'd be the number one XFL team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just never Josh back Gordon to the NFL. Josh yesterday. <laughs> yeah, if, if the commanders were to fall out of the, X, uh, fall out of the NFL. And, It'd and be like a five-year drought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. maybe the defenders are good, right? Maybe they, they bump up. I think uh, was wasn't I, their quarterback in in Washington as a commander as a football team guy or maybe a Redskin? Maybe. I think he was the COVID year. I mm-hmm. think when we brought in like Heineke, Stephen Montez, who played yesterday, and I think uh, this guy Jordan. Tiamo can Brewer. I? Can we just can we just take a second? Well, since XFL is kind of on the topic, how embarrassing is it for Jason Wright? and Tanya Snyder to see an XFL rebrand get so much more love and acceptance of the defenders than your billion dollar NFL team and their rebrand. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Top to bottom branding wise is phenomenal. Dan didn't give a crap and cut corners on that rebrand like no other. And probably was like, I don't care. It's going to be easier for me to get rid of the team when they're not the Redskins. I don't have any loyalty to to the commanders. I don't know. Yeah. But the DC Defenders is is actually a better name than the commanders. Oh, everything about the defenders is, is a better brand. Including Greg Williams, the DC of the DC Defenders. Yes. He was livid last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it, loving, it was, I'm loving the XFL. There were so many former Washington players. It was Jimmy Hazlitt versus Greg uh, Williams. Steven Montez was on the field. It's almost embarrassing how many former Redskins, Washington football team, commanders players are <laughs> sprinkled into the XFL. If there's a stat out there somewhere of NFL teams that have the most personnel in the Players XFL, and coaches. We are ranked. We win. Hundred percent. That's embarrassing. Yeah, very much so. I like the XFL because I think it gives NFL former NFL players or striving NFL players another shot, right? And it's the off season. I watched a quarter of it and I thought it was pretty good. I, I saw was, the, the I replays of that. Uh, I saw the replays of one of the games yesterday where they took advantage of the three point conversion and then the fourth and fifteen instead of punting the onside. And then they won I with, like, a minute and 15 left or something. Like, I love... I think it was, like, the Seattle game. I like their uniforms, yeah. too. I love crazy rules like that. Like, it just... that It, like, puts me in the mindset of, like, NBA Jam and, like, four-point shots and, like, he's on fire and just, like, hot zones. It just, yeah, if you think about it, the, the NBA didn't adopt the three-point line until the ABA had the three-point line, and then they, they merged. So maybe the NFL could adopt some of these rules. I think the 4th and 15 rule was... Uh, it was proposed. It was proposed. Yeah. The onside kick is is nothing now. Like, garbage. It never yeah. happens. It's it, There's always a flag. Speaking of rules, apparently the NFL is going to try to get rid of the QB sneak push. So basically... F the Eagles and, and Jalen Hurts. They're trying to get rid of that, where the guys come behind the QB and push them forward. Why? Because it's unfair advantage and because Jalen Hurts is so good at it and nobody likes the Eagles except the Eagles. Oh, okay. And apparently so you're the, not going to be able to push a runner forward. I mean, I guess I think it's, it's just role. on QB sneaks. 
I think I don't know. that's that's the the proposal. But I mean, yeah. they need I to spend time lot, fixing a lot of other reps. Did you see? Yeah. There's also a conspiracy theory that the the guy who's in charge of the sod for the Super Bowl. His nickname is like the Sod Father or whatever, and he's done the field for like the last 50 Super Bowls. <laughs> he's actually a Kansas City fan. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a conspiracy theory, probably from Eagles fans, that like the, the Chiefs knew about like the type of field it was, so they were prepared, and the Eagles didn't know, so they had to change their cleats. And like 38% of the Eagles plays, they were slipping, and then like 7% of the Chiefs plays, they were slipping. Like there's like a huge disadvantage. I I noticed that the the it was like all of the Eagles players changed cleats and none mm-hmm. of the Chiefs players changed cleats. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I would hope for that to be true. I hate the Eagles. Well, Anything there's also a the conspiracy theory of uh, what's the guy's name? Can't believe I'm blanking on his name. The Bills safety. Oh, Demar. Demar. And Body one. double. Yeah, not that's not true. Not true. People are just drinking that QAnon Kool-Aid, man. It's, <laughs> what, like, what is what is the benefit of the body double? Are you telling me like the NFL is trying to save face that somebody died so they they paid for a body double? What's 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 the yeah? And why would any of his friends and family come out and say something like? <laughs> There's no way. No. And it's all photoshopped too, 100. percent All yeah. those all those images are photoshopped. People don't realize just how good photoshopping skills have become. No. If you're not an idiot and you're just scrolling, like, if you actually pay attention, you could tell. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it's getting harder and harder and harder to tell. Yeah, but there's there's a person on our DTC chat who firmly <laughs> believed that it was a body double. Where <laughs> you could clearly tell it was shopped. Like, the lighting was different on the ear cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I think half of his ear was cut out. <laughs> Uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, you also. I mean, Joe keeps wanting to do a podcast talking about UFOs and shooting, <laughs> shooting down UFOs and and balloons. balloons and <laughs> yeah, there's a hobbyist group who said it was a, it was their balloon over Alaska. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, it was like a weather thing. All I know is this is the worst part of the year because football. But it's also about to be the funny, funnest part of the year for. Washington fans. For you. You live and die and breathe free agency tweets, like mock draft. Yes. That's your bread and butter. Because because it gives you so much hope for the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can't be disappointed quite yet, so Exactly. You can only win. All right, let's wrap up the show. Final question. Win loss prediction under the B enemy. Ron Rivera, JDR, Commanders. Wow, this is this is a very early uh, time early, of year to be doing prediction. that. Early prediction, without looking at the schedule, just a gut feeling. What changes and and how is it? Give me a my, number of value. My gut is we make the playoffs as a wild card team. Wow. Ten wins. I don't know if ten wins is enough to make wild card this year. What did uh What did the Giants have this year? Ten, right? Nine, I think. Nine, ten. Yeah. Um. So you're saying what? Ten and seven? I, I say I say wild card. Um. Uh, maybe not the last wild card spot. Maybe the second to last wild card spot. I'm going full bullish. Fourteen wins, NFC East division. Champions. Wow. I mean, the Eagles are good. One seed, baby. The Eagles Eagles also lost both of their coordinators. Both of their coordinators. That's a big loss. That is a big loss, but I don't know. I also still don't fully believe in Jalen Hurts. He had a great Super Bowl. Still don't fully believe in him. That was one of the best Super Bowl uh, quarterback (laughs) uh, shows I've seen. And I I don't like him either. You can you can play back the podcast earlier in the year. I was not a believer in Jalen Hurts. I still don't like him, but that's because it's on the Eagles. If he was on Washington, I'd love him. I I just I just don't I just don't buy into it yet. They are you so stacked. Show me, show well, me two years of Jalen Hurts being good. Yeah, 
I mean, maybe he gets injured. And then the Cowboys are trash, and the Giants. The Giants, are, I don't think, are going to be as good this next year as they were this year. The Giants are scary because they had a really crappy roster. I don't think they were that good either, but, but they I had a really like crappy roster. 75% of their wins were one-possession games. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's got to go to that. coaching, right? Like, that's Brian Davis. I don't believe in it. I don't think you repeat that. It's too fluky to repeat. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. it's been a good show. Uh, I don't remember what we say at the ever, end of every podcast. Find our episodes wherever you find our episodes. And, uh, yeah. If you we listen to Star, we owe you a beer or something like that. <laughs> but I know, maybe, maybe not that one. All right. This has been fun. Find all our episodes on uh, podcast, Podbean, wherever you watch your podcasts, iTunes, uh, I don't know, Twitter, at Defeat the Curse, Instagram, at Defeating the Curse. I think it's still up. On Facebook, at Defeat the Curse. On MySpace, at Defeating the Curse. (laughs) (laughs) Not just kidding. We're not on MySpace. This has been fun for FP and LP. We are out.